0: The Christmas series that we're into, gifts from the Father, the robe, the ring, and the sandals. So turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 15. The series comes out of the truth that's found in the scripture about um, God being our heavenly Father who delights in giving good gifts to his children, Jesus Said that in Matthew 7. He says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more do you think God, our Heavenly Father, wants to give good gifts to those who ask Him? Now, how we handle those gifts, uh, what we do with those gifts, and if we'll even receive those gifts, that's our choice and our responsibility. In Luke 15, Jesus shares a story that we've been reading each week called the Prodigal Son or the Lost Son, depending on what translation you're listening to or watching or reading, whatever you do. If it's by video, by audible or uh, by paper, Jesus started in verse 11. There was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him out to feed his pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. The first week we discussed the first gift from the father, which was the robe. And having the best robe placed on him, the father was telling the prodigal, as well as all observers, that this son was being restored. He was not a slave, he was not a disgraced runaway, he is a son returned home. The robe is the gift of salvation, restoration, his righteousness which covers all sin. Your responsibility in wearing the robe is to share that same love and forgiveness to everyone else. Last week we focused on the second gift from the father, the ring. The signet ring. So what does a ring mean? It's the granting of authority to another. Whoever has such a ring has the power of authority from his master. He has his master's authority to make decisions and to govern his master's kingdom, property, possessions. And when the father placed the ring on the hand of his son, he not only welcomes his him back as a son, which is what the robe signified, but he welcomes him back to a place of full authority. The authority given in this symbolic signet ring carries the responsibility of an ambassador to represent the king and an apostle to reproduce the kingdom wherever we go. This week, we're going to focus on the third gift from the father, which is the sandals. Verse 22 again says, the father called to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. You see, forgiveness would be empty without restoration to the privileges That were forfeited by sin. Therefore if you bear the name of a son or daughter. Through having received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. By the power of the Holy Spirit you have found favor with the Father. The best robe has been placed on you. A demonstration of the Father's complete approval of you and love for you. A ring has been put on your hand representing the riches you have in Christ Authority you've been given in the name of Jesus. And an installation, listen, into the service as a king and a priest. And the sandals have been put on your feet. Affirming sonship with all of its benefits. Unlimited access into the Father's presence. Unlimited access into the Father's resources. To complete every work he sets out for you to do. The sandals state that you're no longer in exile walking around. You're home. You're not a visitor in my house. You belong here in this house. You are a son. You are an heir. Much like when you come home, kick off your shoes, Get into those comfy slippers. Right? Nothing better than that. Right? What, what? Wouldn't you love it if you went to Missy's house and she had your slippers at her door? Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing if at every house you went into, the first thing they said is, Oh, um, yeah, Dominic, your slippers are right there. Yeah. Right? What's the first thing that gets addressed the minute you walk into somebody's home? Your shoes, right? You're quick to realize you have shoes on like you didn't know that when you came in the house. Do I take off my shoes? Do I leave on my shoes? Are you, you know, did I wear holy socks? (laughs) Did I forget to put another sock on? I know I put one on. Did I put the other one on? I only say that because I got a phone call in the middle of putting on my socks and shoes yesterday. And so I'm walking around in the living room, the dining room, one sock on, and Brian's going, I'm like, I'll get to it. (laughs) But that's the first thing you think of when you walk into a house. What's the first thing that your host addresses when you come in the house? Your shoes. Isn't that funny? Your shoes, always your shoes. When you come into the house, you think about this. Your feet get addressed first. What does a really confident host who wants to make you feel comfortable say to you? Don't worry about your shoes, leave them on. Come on in. Come on, is this sinking in? Yeah. But if you really want to be comfortable, go ahead and just kick them off, right? Barefoot it, or hey, but perfect would be there's my slippers in my size. Between a that's a small five six, you know. Go ahead, extra fuzzy, fluffy, and almost up to my knee would be really nice, right? Unless it's summer and it's warm, the toes have got to be naked, right? For you to be really comfortable. Think of it. He didn't let the feet of his son go unnoticed. And what's really mind-boggling is that in that era, sandals, the giving of sandals, think about this. Do you know that in the, in the marketplaces, is that what you call it, at the gates and stuff, where the men would sit and do business? To make a covenant with another man, what was one of the things they, they would do? Give him a stinking shoe, one of his shoes. He would take his sandal off and hand it to him as a covenant between them. When the son came back home to the father, and he did the robe, he did the ring, and he said, I'm not forgetting the feet, and I will covenant with you. That authority, that responsibility in the robe is all from the father to the son. The ring is from the father to the to the son. The shoes are the father with the son. And daughter. Don't be offended, ladies. It's okay. It's son and but it's with. It's a with. Those sandals give you permission to come into the house, kick them off, unlimited resources, whatever you want, crawl up on the lap of, spend time with your daddy. But also. Carry the weight of responsibility to go out and carry everything that you've been given. We've been given for a reason. Not to selfishly set and eat and eat and eat and fat and fat and fat and eat and eat, right? Mine, 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 mine. Everything you've been given, you've been given with a purpose to give. The greatest treasure that a man could ever possess is not what he holds on to, but it's what he gives away. Think of that in your own life. I mean, if you sit here and just start recounting some of the things you've done in however long you've been alive, the best thing you could name is probably something you've given away, not something you've. Held on to. Is it better to give or to receive? Was that a proverb or was that just a saying of grandma? <laughs> it's better to give than to receive. But with the sandals comes, comes the, the commitment together. I like it. I was sitting with Dave at um, the harvest party. And I'm going to probably slaughter the story, Dave, but he shared with me that he had found somewhere that, um, was it in the past or whatever, that if you had a biological child and they went wayward, you could basically write them off. You know? Oh, well, they left. But if you hadn't adopted, you could not write them off. Is that in the law? Is that in a foreign country? In Israel, that's what it is. I knew it. Bing, 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 bing. Good answer. Good answer. I'm glad you could recount your story. because Anyway. You know we are all adopted sons and daughters. He covenants with us. And I love it that the sandals, the sandals brings us together not just because i love shoes much like coming home and putting on your slippers it signifies comfort comfort in the home that you have access to come in and go out whenever you wish because it's where you belong a child needs not wonder worry or fear that the father would ever make them feel unwelcome in his home. Quite the contrary, the father keeps at his doorway the son's slippers to welcome him in, and the sandals, to prepare his feet to go out. This is where all wisdom dwells. This is where perfect love dwells. Unlimited forgiveness, mercy, grace, unlimited resources, all in this intimate presence of the Father. Everything you need is found in him. In him. I like it that Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1 Don't worry I only offend one or two per service so if we've got that done we can we can go on now I'm just kidding I'm just kidding at least I hope anyway it, Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1 he knew this because his prayer was that he said I continue I keep asking and praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you can know him better. Nothing more important than knowing him better. He said, "You can fathom all the riches, all the wonders, everything. You could memorize this entire book, everything. Have it all at your disposal. But unless you know him better, you have nothing." It's all about knowing him better. I love that you know what you've heard me say it before that the Christmas story. I love Dickens Christmas story. You know where those you know three you know past, present and future. Well who is the great big fat man? Present, right? What did he set upon? A pile of presents. A plethora of pile of presents. He sat upon it and with jolly and laughing and ha ha ha. And what did he say? Come in and know me better, man. Charles Dickens was a Christian. And the whole, I mean, when you dig into that story and really do the research of why he wrote it that way, they're all symbolic of God. The come in and know me better, man. I set upon a pile of presents. Everything you need and want in life is found in me. Come in and know me better. I like it that he was the ghost of Christmas present. It's in his presence. That's the only place you'll learn to know him better. In Acts, it talks about you know how 2,000 was added to their number that day. 5,000 was added to that number today. And then this little bitty line says, And many priests came to believe in the way. Priests. They had all the law. They had all the word. They were the ones standing before God for us. And yet they were still missing something. They knew about him, but they didn't know him. All the mysteries of the universe, every problem you'll face, every problem of the world, every cure needed for the sicknesses of the world are found in God. In His presence, presence. That's why you have to come in, fill up. Oh wow! If you just come in and fill up, you'll be a fat little spoiled baby. And probably much like a mother bird does to the baby birds when they get to the point of "I ain't feeding you no more, go fend for yourself," they kick them right out of the nest. Now God in His lovingness has a rod and a staff, so He just poke you with that. I should have brought my staff out here. For some reason, the assemblies give you this great big shepherd's hook. Probably, I said, "Do I get to use this thing?" And pokes you, pokes you right out of the nest. You know, I love you. Er, you know, some other birds. I forgot which which uh, breed it was. They actually, they don't push them out. Some of them actually push them right out. Pick them up and throw them out. You'll learn how to fly that way. Other ones are a little bit more subtle. They just start pulling apart the nest so they actually fall. That's the eagle that does that. That's right, Daddy. They just fall. Why? Because you weren't meant to sit and just... Bathe in his presence and not carry his presence You are meant to do both You actually need to fill up in order to carry it You know, I we, I loved it back at uh, the assemblies in, in Charlotte Where I grew up There was an um, older gentleman That was always bathed in anointing oil Because he was just always praying His name was Chuck Grandpa Chuck we called him Grandpa Chuck you could smell him coming and then smell where he had been because there was always the aroma of anointing oil And when that man hugged you you went away for days Smelling like that anointing oil That's what he, the scripture describes that we're more in his presence Rubbing up can you just see yourself just hugging up to him cuddling up to him And we go away and we carry the fragrance of heaven upon us. It wasn't ever meant for us to just always stay here. Even though it's comfortable. Slippers on or barefoot, you know. Up on daddy's lap, right? Sitting there. What else do you need? But he says, no, no. Get those sandals on and now go out. Oh, don't worry. You're not going alone. I've covenanted with you. And wherever you go, I go. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Remember? What he said? What was his promise in that? I'll never leave you or forsake you. In the Old Testament, I love it, the scripture that says, wherever you go, there will be a voice behind you calling you to go right or left. He'll be the voice behind you. You can't go anywhere where God is not already. There is no place off limits to you. There is no place on this earth that isn't already God's. Well, you mean what about the strip joint down the road? Yeah, that's his. Just Satan set up camp there. Now, the People in there, coming there, working there, whatever, aren't the devils either. They're God's, god's children. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> yeah. Who has to tell them? Yeah, we do. We carry that. That's why we have to come in and go out, because we carry that. We carry that. That's our responsibility. And he's coveted with us. And he gave us, we talked about this last week. He said, You know what? Wherever you go, remember the whole we carry the authority. We're the ambassador and the apostle. That wherever we go, we have to reproduce the kingdom. If it doesn't if it's not existing in heaven, it does not have the right to exist here. Why? Because wherever I am, the kingdom is at. Hand, now, it's here. Why? Because I carry the kingdom here. So wherever I go, the kingdom is. So sickness can't be here. Death. Oh, thank you, I forgot that. During worship, I got a word for somebody that there was um, a left shoulder that doesn't have full movement. That he sees that pain and you're going to be healed. So... Be listening to your body that's already, and you might even start feeling that the heat starting to take over. And go ahead and try it out. I mean, you won't, well, you might distract me. That's okay. I'm easily distracted. But move it, whatever. If you're not already healed, by the end of this service, come up front. We're going to pray for you. You will be healed. All right? Not because of whoever is going to put hands on you, but because he's already healed you. Um, There was another one. There's two more. The right, is this my right hip? My right hip. So it was a right hip. I don't know if the hip's out of joint. Um, We had something like that at first service, but it was a point in the back. But then I found out it was a hip. But anyway, I don't know if it's somebody else in this service, the hip. And then this was a weird one. Um, That you feel as if your tongue has become your enemy. That your tongue is a point of bitterness. And it's as if there's a, and all I could see is this dropper of bitter, bitterness that is polluting the life that's supposed to be, the river that's supposed to be flowing out of you. And it torments you in the night. That I wish I wouldn't have said that. Why do I keep saying those kind of things? That that bitterness that the enemy's been polluting that stream of water is going to be turned to the rivers of living water. So those three things um, are already taking place right now and already being healed and already being touched. Alright, but we'll will at the end of this, we'll go ahead and speak into those even further and agree with you even further. So sorry, Lord, I, I know I forgot that right at the beginning. All right, so here it is. So the sandals are the all oh, are the you can come in like slippers or kick them off like Moses did when he came close to the presence of God in the burning bush? What did they? What did the Lord say? Hey, take them off. Isn't that funny? Even though a Lord addressed the shoes, you're coming close to my house. Take off those shoes. Why? Because I want you to feel comfortable, be at home. Don't stand at the. Don't just close the door behind you and stand at that rug. Kick them off and come on in. And then that covenant, remember like the in um, Ephesians 6, the armor of God, the sandals are part of the armor that were fitted, what? It says fitted in a readiness to carry the gospel of peace wherever we go. Who's the gospel? Jesus is the gospel, the good news. Who's the prince of peace? Jesus is the prince of peace. Where are you going to be able to uh, find that peace? To be able to carry that peace to other people can only be found when you sit with the Prince of Peace. (laughs) When when you're in a close intimate uh, communion with him, can you then carry him? So you have to come in and you also have to go out. That fittedness, that fit, the gospel of peace. So, sandals give us the unlimited access to extreme intimacy with the Father and equips us as we go out, expanding His kingdom, bringing heaven to earth wherever we go. He says, Wherever you place the sole of your foot, it's already His. It's already His. You really have to start believing what you're reading. (laughs) You really have to start living what you're believing. And not take back an arrogance, but an expanding of his glory, of the display. Remember we talked about the robe, that we are the display of his glory. One more place. I want to show you that the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son, is also seen in Ephesians chapter 2. Now I want to quickly just touch on this, and I know the life groups have been going through Ephesians, so I hope this kind of illuminates what you've already been learning. In Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 1, it says, As for you. Who is the you? You. Yeah, moi, moi, you, me. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. And following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, we were, by nature, objects of wrath. Sounds like we've all run off like a prodigal. As for you, all of us, all of us have one time have done that. Verse 4, but. I love it. God's got some good but to do. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. And it is by grace you have been saved. Sounds a lot like when we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. You see, the gift of forgiveness was already wrapped up. And sitting on the porch with the father. The gift of restoration. Being redeemed. Restored. Everything you need. The robe. The ring. The sandal. We're all in that gift. Waiting at the home of the father. For the son to return. Everything you need. Is already setting At the feet. Of the father. For you to receive. Receive. But in arrogance, we set back. Well, if God wants me to have it, he'll bring it to me. I don't think so. I can't find that anywhere in the scripture. Where God bows to us. And we don't have to bow to him. Verse 6. Moving right along. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. The welcome home. Where the father runs from the port, carrying the the present. He sees the son coming home, runs to him, throws open his arms, scoops up the son, kisses him, holds him, brings him into the house, and sets him beside the father. In Christ. All done. All restored. As if you never left. Everything's given. The robe's given. The ring, all authority's given. The sandals on his feet. Everything. And then it says, in order that, so that, there's a purpose for that, so that he could show you off to the world. He does that so that he can hold you out like his trophy. Look at look at love. See what love can do. See what forgiveness, mercy, great. You are the display of his goodness to the world. He wants to show you off. But when you just want to stay cuddled up on his lap, no, don't make me go. I just want to sit here. He will start picking away at the nest. <laughs> He'll give you the little prod from the rod, if you will, to get you. No, no, no. I can't show you off when you're huddled here in heaven with me. You know, you have to go out. Where does light shine the brightest? Dark, dark, dark. Aha. His light shines the brightest when you're surrounded by darkness. Not when you're overtaken by darkness. Don't let Satan. Right? Displayed. You are the display of his glory. Verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by work so that no man can boast. This is not something you can earn. It's certainly not something you or I deserve, right? I'm sure when the sun came back, he was probably smelling or reeking, if you will, of pigs. And I don't know what you think, but I think there is no more stinkier animal than a stinking pig. Well, yeah, they run a close second. But I bet he came back soaked or drenched in the stench of the world. And yet the father saw his humbleness and went running to him and scooped him up and held him and kissed him and then adorned him with all of his splendor and righteousness, covering him, if you will. No more smell, no more stink, no more sin. It was a gift. And then verse 10, here's the why. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, here it is, to do, to do the works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Why would God give us this extreme gift, this intimacy, this covenant with these sandals to be fully equipped to do all he's prepared in advance for us to do? He has not called you to do anything he has not already equipped you and resourced you to do. I mean, I have to tell you, when it gets to the end of the message, and I'm, you know, the calling the worship pastor to come back up and start to uh, share the altar call and when he gives me words like that of um, calling out, it really, those words of wisdom like that, knowledge, is, is it words of knowledge? Whatever. Those words where he's pinpointing an exact um, situation, whether it's a pain a sickness or, or emotional um, issue, whatever, It's as if, it it relates to the definition, he calls your name specifically. In the crowd, who touched me? He knew that there was one that needed his touch. Who was the beggar on the side of the road calling Jesus. And they said, shh, be quiet, don't bother him. So he yelled louder. It's him calling him, call him forward. That's what those words are. See, in the vastness of God's amazing majesty, far beyond what we can even begin to fathom, our pain, the shoulder issue, the tongue issue, the hip issue, whatever the issue is, is so... Minute, I don't even know of a smaller word for, you know, for it compared to him. We see it humongous. He sees this little speck, this little problem in him, yet in his heart, your little problem is humongous to his heart. That's why he calls you out. You know what? I see that issue as you. You know what? I see that pain as your pain, but it's my pain and I've already healed it. So come up, come back to the home. And I've got your gift right here. Your healings right here. Your freedoms right here. The exchange can be made right here. You know the whole beauty for ashes? I'll get into that a little bit more next week. When we wrap up the Christmas series, I know you're sitting there thinking, "I think we've already went through all three gifts. What more is there? There is more. Come back next week, 10 o'clock. Don't come to the second service; there isn't one. But that he gives me a crown, a beautiful crown, or a crown of beauty. It's called for ashes." What did they do when they felt unworthy or they were going through a problem that they needed God for? They would scoop up the ashes and pour them on their head. God said, oh, no, no, no. Not with me. There's no ashes. There's a crown of beauty. But see, you set out there at arm's length away and continue to have ashes on your head when he's got your crown of beauty right here. There's got to be that exchange. And it's not the Father coming to you. He's already done everything. It's you coming to the Father and receiving it. When the prodigal came to his senses, he couldn't just sit there in the pig's pen. And remember, he recited what he needed to do I need to go back to my Father. (laughs) and say, "Hey father, I've sinned against you, I've sinned against heaven." That wasn't enough. He had to repent. He had to, he had to come to his senses. He had to realize, oh, I'm missing it here. But then he had to go do. It's a repent and do and there's we're going to have people here that you're coming to your senses right now. It's like little light bulbs going off that either you've been wandering and you need to come back home like the prodigal son or maybe you're on this side and you've been in the house too long you've been in the home too long and you can hear him or feel him and it's that other end of that staff he's giving you the little prod with the rod and it's time to go to go out yes come in but yes go out and those need to repent too that we've been sitting too long at your feet father And I know that you said that if you love me, Jesus said, if you love me, you will do as I command. We have to go out. We have to repent. We have to do. So would you please stand? And with everybody looking, for some reason I just... Sometimes I really feel like we need to respect privacy But today I just feel an urgency That I want to kind of give you the little um, Yeah unction to not be ashamed Please Shame It is a covering of the enemy He wants to throw shame on you Alright Shame is no part in the kingdom There is no shame In the kingdom Uh, When we feel ashamed of him, he says, I will be ashamed of So, uh, if that was you, if you've been away from the home too long, if you feel like you're a prodigal and it's time for you, today's your day to come home, would you just raise your hand? We want to pray with you. All right. Uh, when I mentioned that you've been sitting in the home too long and it's time for you to go out. Who is that? I want to pray with you. Yep, I see your hand. Yep, I see your hand. Yep, yep. Yep. Can I just asked you, was that somebody the left shoulder that you, you don't have complete mobility or there's a pain or something? Who is that? Left shoulder, left shoulder, left shoulder. Anna, was that you? Yes. Is it healed already? I know. I see you moving it. First service? Really? That shoulder in the first... See, I was going to say that, but I, I I didn't. Who else? Who else? It was a shoulder. Anybody else? I know. I see people moving, so you're... I, That's fine, if you were healed already Then just give me a Yes, I was already healed Yes, yes, you was already healed Amen She's already moving her arm, amen What about the um, Right hip Right hip, Steve You need prayer All right. the ones that have already started raising their hands For whatever I've called out And Steve, come on up Pastor Neil's going to start praying for the right hip Who is the tongue Who is the tongue Yes, yes, come on mama. Who else the tongue it, and it torments you at night the things that have been coming out it, it, Like bitterness and that's what I saw It's like a like the enemy has taken this Bitter that everything you start to speak it turns bitter and it torments you Why did I say that I shouldn't have said that that that's gonna turn to fresh water listen it's in John Chapter 7, I believe, where Jesus at the greatest day of this feast, he stood up during the water pouring ceremony and he said, If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. And then out of you will flow rivers of living water. That's a promise and it's going to happen today. Whoever it is, Amy, you said you too? All right, Shannon, you too? Missy, can you come pray for people? Tyler, Teresa, come pray with people. Come on. Come on. Why don't we all, just as a family, come on up. Let's just start praying for each other. Come on. Talk to each other. Pray for each other. Barry, your ears are going to be healed today. Jason, come on. Let's pray for each other. Open. Open. Ears are going to be open. Hearing, come on, let's pray for each other. Come on, just start talking to people, praying for people. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that your name is what you've given us. Your name that's above all names. Your name by which everything in heaven, on earth, even under the earth, has to bow to that name. Your name, there's healing in your name. There's freedom in your name. God, it's your name that you've given us, and we declare right now, Jesus, Jesus, over deaf ears, Jesus, open those ears, and Jesus' ears be opened in Jesus' name. Tongues be set loose, free, free, free to speak the rivers of living water. No more bitterness in those waters. Pure, fresh, living water in Jesus' name. Hips be put into right alignment again in Jesus' name. No longer, no pain, no pain in Jesus' name. Hips be made whole and, and made it put in right alignment in Jesus name shoulders we thank you Lord Jesus that healing has already happened in shoulders right now continued motion in Jesus name continued motion continued motion everything in the body down to a cellular level has to line up and bow before the cross of Christ It is completed. It is finished. I am healed. You are healed in Jesus' name. Jesus' name.